Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. And on this episode, we are live here in Arizona, and we're going to talk with Amanda Head, the Hollywood conservative, about a number of issues. And, you know, it's been over a week now since our last episode, so we'll get into, I guess, a little bit into that as well. And who knows what else we'll get to talking about, so stick around. And enjoy this episode of Trend Chat. America, here's the podcast where we talk politics, a little entertainment, some culture, and this and that from the road to your ears. This is Trend Chat with your host, Brian Bledsoe. And welcome. Welcome to another episode of Trend Chat. I am your host, Brian Bledsoe. And if you want to connect with us, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. It's all the same name, Trend Chat 24-7. And first off, before I get into anything, I just want to thank um, 1776united.com for coming along and being a partner with us. And right now, they're having their summer sale where they're... Selling all their patriotic gear and um, mugs and accessories. And I know a lot of times people come to me asking me about my hat. And so I have the 
the Gaston flag under the bill snapped back. And some people tend to want to ask me about, you know, where you get that hat from. And I, I give them the card along with the code. And I'll tell you now, if you go to 1776united.com and put in the code 76 militia dash trend chat. Let me say that again. 76 militia dash trend chat. Enter that code. You'll get 20% off your first purchase. So, and like I said, they're having a, a sale as well. So you can save even more. And I'm pretty sure you go on there, you will, you will like their shirts, their mugs. And I mean, they have a, a, a wide array of, of different um, apparel and yeah, all sorts of accessories that I'm pretty sure you will love. And so, yeah, check them out. 1776united.com. So I wanted to make sure I got that out because sometimes I, I, I'm noticing I'm forgetting. <laughs> um, I, I get to talking and and going on through the show and all that. Next thing I know, I don't have time. And so, yeah, I have to be more professional about this. <laughs> this is a professional broadcast. But, um, but like I said, it's been over a week now since we've been on and honestly we would have been on last week but my bad because we had an interview ready to go we had someone on i recorded it we was ready to go and then right when it came down to edit i noticed that the audio was just was just horrible <laughs> it was uh and it was all my my fault and so because i'm still figuring out we are using a different method as far as how we record our interviews and i'm still trying to learn how that works and so i messed it up um unfortunately it's something i didn't hear while i was doing the interview so anyway long story short it was so last minute i just said well i'm just i'd be better off just not doing <laughs> doing the podcast at all i mean i could have had some to I obviously had something that I could talk about. For one, we haven't been on since the uh, everything that's been going on with Alabama, Missouri, uh, Georgia, Louisiana, as far as all these pro-life bills that have been, um, been going through their um, legislature and been signed into law by their governors. Uh, most recently, I think today, Louisiana, which has a Democratic governor, has... Um, signed a pro-life bill in Louisiana, which is shocking. But I hope this is a movement that is growing that will just continue to grow. And that's something that we'll talk about with Amanda in our interview later on. But one thing I've noticed too, when it comes to this, all, all these bills that have been passed is that obviously you have the divide between you're pro murder, pro, you know, they call pro choice or pro death. It is funny. Now, I'm thinking about that article I read about NPR as far as how they want to, um, how they want to talk about this issue and basically try to base, basically make abortion sound as tame as possible in their language. At the same time, they have no problem. So, like in the article, they go th they go through all these changes to try to make 
whatever whether it's uh, someone is pro-choice they try to say that well they're pro-abortion rights or um they try to massage the language as far as when it comes to partial birth abortion and all that to try to basically confuse the audience to in all this medical jargon to basically try to make it not sound as simple as it is (laughs) but um on the same side they have no problem calling us you know us pro-life people they don't want to say that pro-life they want to call us anti-abortion. <laughs> like, that's the only thing that we are called as far as their language. But when it comes to talking about people on their side, and I just said NPR on their side because they basically are trying to, trying to, you know, be, be they're basically on the side of the, you know, the pro-choice, the pro-death, the pro-murder. You know, they're on their side. I, I mean, whatever. So, and so they're basically making making it, you know, all fluffy for them. But now, I, when I was thinking about that and just this whole movement, I, it feels like that. What it feels like a movement, and to me, it's it feels like it just kind of came out of nowhere. But you know, this whole all these bills that have been passed and everything, you obviously have one side that is for abortion and another side that is against abortion. On top of that, this is actually dividing Republicans as well. And even some, you know, conservatives as well, because, and especially in talking about Alabama, where there are no exceptions except for the life of the mother. So that that means that even raping incest or not an exception, which is normally in a lot of these bills, rape and incest are normally kind of it's normally rape, incest and the life of the mother are normally the exceptions that are um, normally when in any sort of pro-life bill. But Alabama didn't even put in those exceptions. And so that is that has caused some people to say that's too far. It's going too extreme. Um, maybe not not because they don't believe that that having um having that exception is is a good thing, but they're also seeing it from a practical standpoint, where they feel like if it's going too far that if maybe if it if it goes to supreme court or or whatever that it would basically keep it would basically be struck down or it would go too far to where it basically it would be too too much and i guess it's also what you would call it like incrementalism where you have people who want to I guess one way of putting it is kind of like a death by a thousand paper cuts type of type of method as far as um, doing this. Or you have others. I would probably say I'm probably more of the ap- absolute absolutionist <laughs> in a way <laughs> or or yeah, or just kind of want to go all out, <laughs> put it that way. And I'm for whatever works, basically. 
whatever that works. So if it's all, all or nothing, if that works fine, that's where I'm basically am. But if we have to do a little by little, as long as we're getting somewhere, as long as we're getting somewhere, that's where I'm at. So I don't know where that puts me as far as in that debate, <laughs> but that's where I stand on it. But even with, like I said, the, this, when we talk about the exceptions, especially when we talk about rape and incest and for one, we're talking about a very uh, a very small percentage for one and on top of that we're talking about a a horrible circumstance that we're having to deal with but that all that being said circumstances of the conception does not diminish the humanity of the child bottom line so as as much as a horrible just it just it's just a horrific situation for especially rape and incest for that to happen it's still in the end of the day for one that child is innocent that child didn't do anything to be executed basically and basically to have their life ended due to the sins of the father. Now, the rapist should get punished to the full extent of the law. No problem with that. But the child should not be punished for that. So, but like I said, all of this that has been going on is kind of, you know, I guess maybe for some, maybe it's like I said, they see it as going too far. That is going to, to the extreme. And well, we'll find out because we're pretty sure that at least one of these bills are going to make it to the Supreme court. If not all of them, but hopefully we will finally get a, an opinion, a ruling from the Supreme Court finally on this because, well, for one, they're already being, you know, sued. Lawsuits are already out there. And so they're already in motion as far as getting up to the Supreme Court. So, but like I said, we, we, we're going to talk about that with, with Amanda as well. We'll get more into that in, uh, in our interview. But, um, before that, we're going to have a word from, the politics and after that we'll i guess i'll give a little story about what happened the past couple of days in vegas i guess it's not much it's not it's not gonna be some wild crazy like the hangover story but you know just a little bit about that anyway we'll talk about that after this hello this is brian bledsoe host of trend chat also, contributor at politichicks.com. Here to tell you about the new book called Politichicks, A Clearing Call to Political Activism. With over 300 pages from contributors like myself, talking about topics such as education, social issues, healthcare, the Second Amendment, and of course, activism. I encourage you all to check it out at politichicks.com and is also available at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Politics and other stuff, maybe. This is Trend Chat with your host, Brian Bledsoe. 
It's funny because um well one is if you haven't noticed this is one of the newer songs that i'm have put in the rotation but um it's funny i'm looking at the name of it which i didn't think about it until now so the title of this song is called power walking and so yeah it's funny because um <laughs> so the for i guess memorial day weekend which it I wasn't planning on. I was in Las Vegas for, and I was there mainly to go to a wrestling event to watch all elite wrestling to, they had their first pay-per-view event and, and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to go there for that and had tickets. And so I went and had a great time there. That was a awesome show. And then I turned out staying an extra day, um, the next day. And, I just walked around Vegas. So it's funny. Like I said, this name of that song is power walking in. And so I walked up uh, close to what, uh, seven to eight miles on the strip. So I started. So anybody that knows about Vegas, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you don't just bear with me for a second. I was, <laughs> I was at Mandal- uh, Mandalay Bay and I walked all the way to the Trump hotel from there. And then walked across the street to the wind and right back down to MGM Grand. Like I said, if you know about Vegas, then you know what I'm talking about. If you don't know, that basically I went up and back down. North and south, put it that way. And all together, when I looked at the, I guess my steps and my distance, it turned out I walked like seven miles in about four hours. <laughs> and so, yeah. And yeah, I got a chance to see everything even stuff I didn't want to see. So, and yeah, I didn't take part in, in a lot of the debauchery, which is very easily to, to take part in. <laughs> but one thing I did do is something I always want to do is zip line. And I got a chance to do that. So <laughs> that, um, that was awesome. I got a chance to get on this zip line and they gave you two options. You can either, um, do the sitting, uh, zip line where you kind of seat it or you could do the what they call the superhero in which you just lay out you know you lay flat and you just, and so i'm like hey if i'm gonna do it i'm just gonna go all out so hey give me a superhero <laughs> put me up up top so we like seven what well 11 stories high and went like oh five blocks down down fremont street and um yeah, that was great. And so, like I said, I've always wanted to, to do a zip line. And also, I want to do, you know, want to skydive one day. Um, I've been wanting to do that. Now, to be completely honest, there's a reason why I haven't done it. It ain't because I'm scared. Because <laughs> I've been wanting to do that. I actually wanted to do that when I was in the Army. But I couldn't because there are, um, in the Army, there were physical requirements physical meaning i had to be like in the top 10 percent as far as um on my my physical tests meaning i had to have 
be in the top 10 as far as my time running two miles and how many push-ups I do. Long story short, if you don't know, if you ain't never seen me before, look, I'm not a, a physical specimen. So I so I was never going to get up to the top 10%. Or at least if I, it was going to take a while. So anyway, I couldn't do it in the Army. And I've been wanting to do it since then. Again, there when it comes to skydiving, it becomes uh, you have to be a certain weight limit. And I don't know what it is now. Last time I checked, it was like 250. I'm like right at that. <laughs> and so now I'm I'm ready to go. And because before, I, you know, when I started driving trucks, so the first couple of years, like I packed on pounds quick. <laughs> but anyway. One day I hope to skydive and now I have gotten down to the weight where I can do it. So now I just got to pony up the money <laughs> unless, you know, one one of these, you know, great listeners want to pay for it. <laughs> Not going to turn that down. Just going to put that out there. But anyway, <laughs> we're going to get to our interview with the uh, with Amanda. I know this is what y'all have been waiting for. Just wanted to get that. <laughs> wanted to mention that uh, yeah again had a great time in vegas um for me personally i it's probably like a once in a lifetime type of deal it's not something where i like where i'm like i can't wait to come back again you know well i mean they're building a stadium football stadium maybe you know maybe for that I, but yeah it's I, I did it i walked i walked the strip i saw you know Bellagio Caesar's Palace. I saw it all, and and you know I'm good now. I don't need to go back. I, it's almost like when I went to New York. I walked to, I was in downtown New York and I saw Times Square, and I walked around a little bit. Haven't been back. I don't care to go back because I saw it and I'm good. And okay, I, it it was just something I wanted to see with my own eyes. So anyway, again. <laughs> We're going to get to the interview. Just shut up, Brian White. Stop talking and get to the interview. All right. So we got a chance to speak with the with the man ahead. And uh, like, I, like I'm going to mention in the interview, if you saw our interview from CPAC, you know, um, I hope you did. And I posted it on my page. So but we was able to get in touch with her recently and we talked about a number of things and. Without further ado, here's our interview with Amanda. Jeff, and we are very pleased to have the Hollywood Conservatives Amanda Head with us. She's a anchor for America's Voice News, and if you followed me as far as when I was at CPAC, I was actually able to come on there for a couple of minutes, and I appreciate that as well. And so we, you know, we wanted to bring her on to talk about a little bit of this and that, and we're very happy to have her on so how you doing amanda i'm great brian thanks for having me on so first off before we get into anything one thing that i notice is that we're both from alabama indeed yes the good good old state heart of dixie and you know i live in los angeles but alabama will always be home to me so where in alabama i grew up well technically i was born in nashville I lived in Nashville until I was eight, and then we moved to Hoover, which is a suburb outside of Birmingham. Okay. All right. And, well, you know, Alabama's kind of been a political hotbed right now uh, the past couple of weeks with everything that's been going on. And 
I will. I guess first before we get into that, um, how long has it been since you've been in California? Oh lordy, too long. I don't even. You know, when people ask me how long I've lived in LA, and I tell them how long, they're like, "Oh, so you're basically a Californian now." And I vehemently deny that. I have been here since 2006. So in July 4th, it will be 13 years, um, which makes me sad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you are able to go back from time to time back to Alabama as well. Yeah, you know, my my work, because I work in politics, I travel, you know, to D.C. and New York a lot, and I always try to tack a little extra day, you know, a couple days on the front end or the back end and stop through and see my folks. My, My parents are still... In Alabama, uh, as well as one of my brothers, and then my other brother lives in Florida. So I get to travel fairly often and from time to time do speeches at um, at events. And I'm getting married there in October, so I'll be going back quite a few times this summer for wedding showers and bridal teas and, you know, all that southern wedding type stuff. <laughs> well, first, congratulations. And, Thank you. And, and, and as far as, I guess, even though that it's been a while since you've been you know, been away, especially, you know, primarily living in California. When you first moved out there, was it, I mean, was it more of a culture shock coming from from Alabama to California? Um, it was not a culture shock. It was, it was gradual. Um, when I first moved out here, I was in the music industry. And so I was surrounded by, you know, creative people. And again, this was 2006. So, politics at that point was not what it is now, which, you know, you think about 10, 15, 20 years ago, nobody, you know, if you ask some random person on the street who the secretary of education was, or, you know, head of small business administration or HUD secretary or something like that, they couldn't tell you, um, because people just weren't as involved. But now because politics has become so divisive and, so on the forefront of conversation, um, it was it was a very gradual thing for me because back then when I first moved here, like I said, I ran in musical circles. So I my friends were producers and and you know recording artists and writers and and people that worked for labels. So politics really wasn't a topic of conversation. It wasn't until um, I think when Obama was elected when people really started talking about politics because of course um, that was a new person in the White House and. A lot of musicians, a lot of people in the entertainment industry in general were very aggressively supporting him. And when I was in music circles, when I was in the studio or with, when I was hanging out with music people, um, I think that with Obama's election, people just became more emboldened to talk about politics and probably more excited to talk about politics because they felt like they had their guy in office. And I, um, my, music contract had a a gag clause in it regarding three things, uh, romantic relationships, religion, and politics. Those were three things that I technically was not supposed to talk about when I was working in a professional capacity in music. Hmm. Well, you can imagine that as vocal as I am now, um, that was very, very hard for me. And so January 4th, I think, of 2016, um, is when I officially left the music industry and started, you know, making it my business to, to learn more about politics and started trying to reach out to 
connections and people in my network who I thought could possibly aid me in, you know, you know, sending me in the right direction to, to have a career in political media. And, uh, of course, ever since President Trump was elected, um, that has probably been the biggest culture shock is that since he was elected, people have just become absolutely nutso here in Los Angeles to the point where, you know, I, I can't go outside. Now, for those who don't know me, I'm five foot one. And I hover around 103 pounds. Um, and California, Los Angeles County is not a carry county. So I can't conceal carry. I certainly can't open carry. Um, the only way I can really protect myself is through self-defense or, you know, a taser or something like that. So um, when I'm up against someone who's, who doubles or triples my size, uh, it, it becomes a scary situation for me to try to defend myself. And, and unfortunately, me stepping outside of my house in a Make America Great Again hat, which is what I would like to do, just isn't really feasible for me. Now, I have a lot of friends who know what I do, um, and, and they're perfectly fine with it. I have liberal friends who know what I do, and they're perfectly fine with it. Um, but it just, it, it was more of like a gradual burn, I think, and now it's kind of at a fever pitch for me where, you know, I'm on the cusp of getting married, we are going to have children, there is literally no way in you-know-where that I am going to raise children in Los Angeles. So my fiancé and I, and my fiancé is, is conservative as well and has the same political and religious leanings as I do. So at the end of the day, I likely will end up homeschooling my kids. I certainly will not send them to public school, but even here in L.A., the private schools are scary. Even if you send your kids to a Christian school, um, there's still some element of that liberal indoctrination. So um, despite the fact that I have a very low threshold as far as patience, I think I'm probably going to have to homeschool my kids, which, God bless my future children. Oh, it's going to be an interesting scenario, but, you know, Ryan and I, we try to get out of L.A. as much as we can, go visit his family in Canada, my family in Alabama, um, and I even have other friends who live in other parts of California that aren't quite as blue. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's not the most fun place to live. But, you know, when I think about moving to another liberal city, like if I moved to Chicago or Seattle or somewhere like that, it, I would definitely not want to do it because as much as I hate L.A. for a lot of reasons, it's the devil I know. Um, so... And my husband, or excuse me, my future husband, my fiance, is in the film industry. So, unfortunately, we've got to stick in, in you know, the surrounding area of L.A. because he's got to be able to get into L.A. for the studios and such for work. So, we have to be close to L.A., but we're, we are very, very um, aggressively considering moving somewhere that is not quite as, as crazy blue. So, when you were in the music industry at that time you were i guess you consider yourself conservative but you just couldn't talk about it yeah i've always with the exception of one little blip on my on my record um i've always been a conservative you know i i was raised by two christian conservative parents um you know growing up in alabama it's, it's a conservative state i did go through that typical college phase where i think for about a year um i i kind of question, you know, I just voted for George W. And I kind of went through one of these self-realization phases where I was like, okay, I voted, I've, I have voted Republican. I think I'm conservative. I think I'm Christian for the right reason. But let me figure this out on my own. So I read, 
um, some books on apologetics. I read some Charles Krauthammer. I read some, um, you know, all of these types of books to try to figure out exactly where I landed on the political and religious spectrum. And I ended up right where I started, which is very Christian and very conservative. Hello, Trend Chat fans. The Founding Project invites you to experience our latest resource to take civics to citizens, TFP's new website. Visit us at www.thefoundingproject.com. Be a part of the civics movement with The Founding Project. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Join us today. Yeah, and well, especially being in California, I mean, I think, you know, you have friends from all all across the political spectrum. And with that, and especially like I mentioned before, that in the past couple of weeks, Alabama has been as, as far as what, what was going on with, with basically abolishing abortion. And yeah. so have you had any conversations as far as, you know, as far as that, especially if they know that you're from Alabama and kind of want to get some insight from you about it? Oh, yeah, of course. You know, I have a lot of people asking me about it. And, you know, there there are so many different aspects to that bill that Governor Kay Ivey signed into law. First of all, people have to understand that, um, you know, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. And what we saw happening in New York, I think what you are seeing now in states like Alabama and Mississippi and Georgia and Ohio and Missouri, these are reactions to very, very far left, basically infanticide bills in states like New York. And Alabama's abortion bill is not set to go into effect uh, for six months. So this has been a multi-statewide effort to urge the Supreme Court of the United States to revisit Roe v. Wade. Now, we don't know if that's actually going to happen, but as far as it stands right now, this bill in Alabama, of course, as everyone knows, uh, only allows for one exception, which is if the life of the mother is in peril. Um, now, I, you know, I, I am obviously very, very pro-life. Um, as far as the exceptions of rape and incest, um, I have kind of mixed feelings about that because on one hand, that's a horrible thing for anyone to experience. Um, on the other hand, a life is a life, no matter how it's conceived. And, you know, you have so many Democrats on the left side of the aisle, basically, you know, because we know that in, at least in Alabama and, and nationwide, this is a statistic, that it's, it's black American babies who are being aborted at exceedingly higher rates than white babies and Hispanic babies. Um, so if you look at it from a racial angle and then you have these Democrats that are saying, well, you know, I mean, we have that, the legislator in Alabama who said, kill him now or kill him later you know, suggesting that the only option for this unborn baby is for it to end up going into the foster system and being, you know, its life being destroyed and getting into a life of violence and then either being executed on the streets or in a state where capital punishment is supported. And I think that's just a really, really dystopic view. And you take into account how many kids in America have grown up in the foster system but have, have grown up to become amazing contributing citizens. My oldest brother uh, was in the Tennessee Baptist Children's Home. He was in the foster care system. He's now married uh, with two kids, my niece and my nephew. Uh, he's a cop. She's a teacher. They are 
they're amazing people. He has an amazing life with a you know, loving wife, loving kids, um, great extended family. And I just, I think that for Democrats, it, 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 it's really dangerous for them to assert that type of idea like that, like the man in, in Alabama said, kill him now or kill him later. And again, a life is a life, and it's a really, it's such a complex issue. Um, abortion is one of those issues that's not black and white. People try to simplify it, but it is, it's just not black and white, and it's going to take years and years and years. And this is probably always going to be um, in the topic of conversation. I hate when something like this happens with Alabama, you know, just like it, last year during midterms with Roy Moore. I hate, you know, my heart hurts when I see the people of Alabama being criticized. And, you know, I'm out here in Hollywood with wackos like Jim Carrey, and Jim Carrey, you know, painted that grotesque portrait of Sarah Sanders a few years ago, and then he did another one of, of Kay Ivey. And it hurts my heart because I, I love my home state. I love the people of Alabama. Um, but I think that what they are doing is moving in the right direction because, you know, these women out there, especially women in Hollywood, bragging about having, you know, five abortions is just disgusting. And, and you can you can discern the future of a country by the way they treat their most vulnerable. And you talk about how we treat kids with Down syndrome and how many people support aborting a baby because it has Down syndrome. Then you've got states considering abortion uh, for gender purposes. I mean, it's, and, and that it truly is our most vulnerable population. And the way that we have been treating them for the last 10 years or so uh, does not speak well for the culture of America. Yeah, the callousness of of the language from the left and talking about um, when it comes to abortion, as far as talking about babies and 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 children, is especially with this being such a hot topic now. It just for one is revealing, but it is it's quite sad to hear how to hear from people just like you were talking about, like the Alabama representative talking about you know kill him now, kill him later, and it, and even with that it's such a low bar that they put for black Americans where they just said, well, there's just, there's no other alternative. That's what's going to happen. And that's yeah, and, really sad. And I think, I think you would agree. It's an incredibly racist statement. You know, it, it's the bigotry of low expectations. And I think it's incredibly racist and, and very, very damaging um, in this current climate. Not only with Alabama, you have other states as well that are coming up with their own, you know, own laws or pro-life laws and, and across whether it's Georgia, Missouri, uh, Louisiana or, or wherever you have all these, you know, li Hollywood liberals, you know, you know, liberals out there where you are <laughs> that are out here trying to protest and trying to use their influence to try to stop these bills and, and whatnot. And like I just heard recently that Netflix is, uh, quote unquote, rethinking their investments in Georgia because of the because uh, of their bill, and you, you got you got this going across the board, and and then I came across an article that that I saw on your website, the Hollywood Conservative, talking about um, Taylor Swift is thinking about becoming. You said she well, she says she's going to be political in her next album now, and yeah, and so yeah, she just joining joining a a growing number of all these Hollywood liberals basically just going to try to tell their fans, you know, how to live their lives, basically. Yeah, and, you know, what's funny about um, Taylor Swift, I have somewhat of a connection to her, not personally, but politically. 
Um, in my former job, I was I worked for a, a super PAC called Committee to Defend the President, and one of the candidates who we threw a substantial amount of funding behind was Marsha Blackburn, mm. who was running against Phil Bredesen, the Democrat, in Tennessee for that Senate seat. Uh, it was Bob Corker's Senate seat. And so you had Marsha Blackburn, the Republican, running against Phil Bredesen, and it was the first time that Taylor Swift stepped out politically and supported someone. She supported Phil Bredesen, and Phil Bredesen lost handily. And you're talking Taylor Swift's home state, a state that ostensibly by all measures you would think loves her because of how much pride she has in her home state. You know, I think she, she owns property there. Her parents still live there. She comes back there frequently. And even in that instance, even in her home state, even the fact that only one time she, you know, this is her first time of, of committing to a candidate and supporting him publicly, she still lost. That candidate lost to Marsha Blackburn, the Republican. And I think that, you know, we, we saw this in 2016, all of these celebrities saying, oh, if Donald Trump wins, I'm going to move to Canada. America sent a resounding message to them that apparently they are too thick-headed to absorb. And that message was, we don't care about you. We want you to dance, we want you to sing, we want you to act, but you are a glorified court jester, and we pay you to do what you do. Stay in your lane, we are not going to listen to you. And I think the fact that she says she's going to get more political on her next album is only going to ensure the fact that no one, you know, maybe not no one, but fewer people are going to buy her music because we are so bombarded by politics in every area of life. Music should be one area where we don't have to deal with that. Well, entertainment in general, whether it's on the screen or um, on the court, on the field or wherever, all sorts of entertainment. That's a, that, You know, that's the area where people tend to want to escape. I mean, that's a lot of times what you call escapism. And, and when you want to feel that, you know, fill that up with, with politics, especially with people who probably deal with politics 24 hours a day almost. And now you're going to put this into the entertainment sphere. Yeah, I can. Yeah, you're going to annoy a lot of people as far as um, as far as doing that. Yep. Yep. And she, you know, hopefully she'll learn her lesson. Hopefully she's smart enough to figure out that, um, you know, that's not the direction you want to go. I'm, I'm impressed with some companies that have seemed to have learned their lesson. Uh, ESPN's new president announced that they were going to stay away from politics. Dunkin' Donuts tweeted out last week, you know, it's not our intent to start political conversations among people. We make coffee and donuts. That's really all we care about doing. Um, so I hope that other companies will join them in not becoming the corporate version of political activists because ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> well, you know, it, I, I think that, well, for one, it's not done by... It's not done just just because they all of a sudden become woke. I mean, there is a, a strategy to this, and they're looking at where they can make some money off of this. And so I, I'm definitely cynical in the way of thinking that they're also using this <laughs> as far as um, as, a, as a way to get some money from somebody. So Oh, yeah. But, you know, as a corporation, you have a right to do that. And, and by the way, as a corporation... If you're a corporation who, who supports liberals and progressive ideas, you absolutely have a right to talk about that. As, as a private business, you are beholden to your shareholders, but other than that, that's about it. Um, so I'm not saying that, that it's not right for them to speak out. I'm just saying it's simply not lucrative, and, and I don't think it's good business. I mean, look at what happened to the Dixie Chicks. They were 
country artist in a genre of music that is overwhelmingly Republican, and they decided to come out and, and say those things about George W., and it was the worst decision they ever made, and they suffered uh, greatly because of it. So, you know, Taylor Swift is basically Dixie Chicks 2.0, and if she suffers because of it, I'm not going to feel the least at that for her. Oh, no, I won't either. Yeah, I mean, this... That if you want to go out on that limb, you, you go right ahead. I mean, that's that's your right if you want to, and if people want to stop, you know, supporting you because of that, that's their right as well. So, so as far as um, if people want to get in touch with you on social media, where would they go? Sure. So you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Just type in the Hollywood Conservative, and then on Twitter, it's the H W Con T H E H W C O N because Twitter discriminates against long names. So I had to shorten it. And also America's Voice News. That's right. Yep. AV News on Twitter. Uh, you can download their app for America's Voice News and you can watch our show and all of our programming live every day. We've also got clips to interviews um, on the website as well. So if you missed, like we had George Papadopoulos on today. So you can rewatch our, we have a replay at 9 p.m. Eastern. Our show runs from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern every day. But if you miss it live, you can watch the replay at 9 and then find clips to all of our other segments and interviews if you miss it. So it's a great little handy app. You can download it on your phone, you know, Google, Apple. You can download it on Roku, uh, Amazon, or uh, Apple TV, Amazon Fire. It's pretty much on all the platforms. So it's pretty easy to find, and it's free. All right. Well, everyone, yeah, as she said, you know, check it out. And also, um, also want to say again, thank you for having me on. <laughs> um at CPAC and and hopefully we'll have you on again thank you and everybody my website is the hollywoodconservative.us and you can go to that website and client website and sign up for my newsletters I send out a newsletter every day so I knew I forgot something <laughs> <laughs> I knew I did too <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you so much for your time all right thank you Brian hey this is Benny Johnson you're listening to trend chat with Brian Bledsoe the best beard in the business Yep, and thanks to Amanda for joining us. So, we're out of time. And we, hey, we got it. We got it all in right on time. So, next week, I do not know what's, <laughs> what we have for next week. I really don't. But, I'm pretty sure we'll have something. So, again, thank you so much for joining us. And I just want to say right quick, check out col1972.com culture of life check them out col1972.com trend chat get 10% off so check them out and until next time we'll chat with you later guys as we get older we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance it happens you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. 
Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today. 833-687-0700. 833-687-0700. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens. But you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today. 833-687-0700. 833-687-0700.